This is Playfully, the podcast that talks with the most playful people I know and asks them how they got to be so playful. I'm Emily Cordy Straff. My guest today has been featured on many very popular news media, Time, Newsweek, BBC, CNN, People, USA Today, and more, when she started sharing her passion with the world. She has been skipping her way into the hearts of many by her enthusiasm to, well, skip. She skips on treadmills, in unicorn costumes, in parades, through crosswalks, and really anywhere. She's also the senior publicist at the New World Library, a publishing company that specializes in publishing materials that center themselves around changing lives and creating a better world. I am so excited to get to chat with her today. Please welcome Kim Corbin. Hi. Hi. Thanks so much for being here. Oh, it's my pleasure. Kim, would you say that you're good at playing? Yes, I would say that I am, uh, if it's play is kind of one of my superpowers, um, it just really comes naturally to me. And, uh, you know, if there's anything that I'm close to being a master at, I'd say it's play. <laughs> wow. That's yeah. awesome. I'm like your journeyman here. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, is there someone in your past that you learned to play with or from? Who you think of when you think of playing as a child? Yes, I came from a very, very playful family. Every year, my mom on my mom's side, the Dinsmores would do at Christmas, we would do family skits. And every family had to come up with a skit to perform for the rest of the family. And we did this for years and years and years. And like one year, my mom and dad were Sonny and Cher and my dad was Cher. <laughs> <laughs> we got him like size 13 pumps and they like lip synced. Then that was their skit. And my grandma and grandpa used to do it. And it was, it is absolutely hilarious. Like, so it, so I was raised with that. And then my parents also, I can remember one time and that was, I was probably eight or nine and we got into a huge water fight in our house. My sister was two years younger than me. It was my mom, my dad, and my sister and I, my brother was sleeping. I can remember it was summer because the windows were open and we were squealing and laughing and chasing each other all over the house and throwing, I mean, like a crazy amounts of water on each other. At one point, my dad grabbed my sister and like held her under the shower while she screamed. I mean, it was the great water fight of 1978 or whatever it was. So it's definitely, my dad used to like, pull pranks on us and like hide in a cabinet while we were shopping and then leap out and say Superman to embarrass us. I mean, it is definitely in my blood. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So not just your dad, but also like your whole family and your, your mom too. Yeah. My mom's side, the Dinsmore skits is like the biggest influence mm -hmm. I would say for sure. Have you ever had a period where you played too hard? I feel like when you're talking about the true sense of play, that that's an oxymoron. Hmm. Because if you're really, truly playing in the right spirit, it's all good. But there's a dark side to things. And so I think that 
you know, when I, when I first hear that question, I think like, oh, back in my party days when I was like maybe partying a little Mm. harder than, you know, but I was in my twenties and whatever, like nothing that got out of control, but I feel like play as long as it's like in the right spirit, like I think play is just, is always wonderful and can be infused in almost any situation. Mm. So can you say more about the right spirit? What gets you into the right spirit? What is the right spirit? For me, the right spirit of play is just uh, the pure expression of joy and the, just your inner child, like Mm. just being in, in the moment, fully in the moment and, and just loving life. Mm. Like that's, that's what I think of when I think of play. Um, And so to do that too much would be impossible just based on on the way Mm. I think, I think of play, like true play, but then there's, you know, there's, other kinds of play that maybe aren't so healthy, but for me, that's what, what I think of when I think of play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is play important? Yes. I think play mm-hmm. is crucial uh, because it's how our spirit comes online. If we don't have play, we just have our, our minds and our bodies and, um, you know, I guess life can be pretty good that way. But for me, if my spirit isn't activated if my childlike spirit isn't involved it's it's just it's not fun and for me life is short and it's supposed to be fun and I want to enjoy each moment and have levity and and lightness as much as possible obviously you can't do that all the time but um that's my that's my intention (laughs) well so we're gonna get to skipping because that's kind of how you I'm sure you do other forms of play but uh, we're going to get to skipping because skipping is kind of where um, you found the most fame, I think. Is that, would that be accurate to say? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a long, strange skip to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Like 25 years or something. Almost. Yeah. 90, 25 years this year. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy. That's as long as I've been in OT. Yeah. So I kind of, <laughs> oh, yeah, who would have thunk it? The first time I skipped as an adult, I had, a, a, it was, it's my calling. My calling is to share mm-hmm. the joy of skipping with the world. And the first time I skipped, I had all, like what I think of as a download of just like this vision, like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I can get my friends to skip with me. This is so much fun. It has to be great exercise. Why don't adults skip? I bet I could organize events and then I get the media to write about it. And I had the whole vision. And then it was several years later before I actually took action on the vision. And when I did, it was, it has been so much bigger than I possibly could imagine. Um, but yeah, that's how just it's, uh, it's what I'm here to do. And it's the kind of skipping without a rope. Sometimes people think rope mm-hmm. skipping automatically. So just to clarify, it's just skipping down the road. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like in different countries, um, skipping connotes more about, you know, using a rope too. There's maybe yes, in a the UK bit. always instantly. That's what people think. Mm-hmm. I was on the BBC, um, doing yeah. an interview. And at the very end they said, and where do you buy your rope? And I said, Oh, I don't use a rope. I just skip down the street. <laughs> and they're like, what? No rope. And then they like had to go to commercial. <laughs> <So>. Oops. <laughs> yeah. The whole interview. And I'm sure they're thinking, why are we doing this? Like they just did not understand. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, in the U.S., at least, I know that skipping is like a really big deal. I mean, you know, my husband, when I told him I was interviewing you and that, you know, you were a skipper and you have this website called Kim Skips, he said, oh, well, you know, I almost became the first kindergartner to flunk because I couldn't skip. You know, like skipping is something that we, you know, value really highly and don't, you know, think about. Yes, actually. And that is something that, and that connects to the bigger play discussion. Like there are so many people that I have heard that story from that have trauma Mm -hmm. from their childhoods of being the one in kindergarten. Cause it used to be that until you skipped, you couldn't graduate from kindergarten. And so I have heard that story from countless people over the years that they were the one that was singled out and they have this yeah. like traumatic memory. And, and then, and, and everyone, once you got to junior high, it's like, now you're, you're, a, you're in junior high. Now you don't skip anymore. I mean, it was like really right. kind of programming that inner child, like magic out of us. And yeah. so, um, and I think that that's why a lot of times adults don't have a hard time playing as well is it's like, it's ingrained in us from how that transition was happened when we were young, that we lost it. We lost the, that magic spark. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You know, I mean, this podcast is kind of becoming a little bit of a social, um, a qualitative analysis and, um, it it's, I'm finding there's a couple of themes that I'm finding. And that is, you know, one of them is, is about the public education and how frequently, uh, play becomes, you know, shame gets attached to it. And, you know, it just kind of, it's not acceptable, you know, hearing things like you're playing too hard gets in there. And, you know, I know that it, I similarly talk to my daughter who's 17 and she's a senior in high school and, um, you know, she's a straight A student and all that. But um, I told her that I was interviewing you and, and she goes, oh, that's so funny because I just got in trouble today for skipping down the hallway. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I but, don't love that she got in trouble, but I, I love the synchronicity. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is funny. So I went for a run, like I'm a runner. I like to go to the park and, you know, just do like a couple, couple miles. And, um, so I just, before I got on with you, I just went for a little jog and I skipped while I was jogging after reading your bio. And, you know, so you inspired me to skip for a little while while I was running. It was really fun. You liked it. <laughs> I did. Good. It was funny. It was like nice to stop running and then move into a skip. And then it was nice to move from the skip into the run. It was just kind of felt good in my body. It was really interesting. Yeah. I think I like to, I use skipping as like a dessert exercise, like for my main cardio, I like spin class, but Mm -hmm. skipping is the way that I lift my vibration and my spirit. And so I'll just go in the workout room put on like a really happy song, whatever's like really doing Mm -hmm. it for me to lift my spirits. And then I just, for that one song, I just skip like the, the measure of a good skip is how much fun you have from point A to point B. It's not about how far you go. So it's a great thing to mix in with other, with other things with running, or or if you're out for a walk, you can just be like, I'm going to skip every time I see a white picket fence, I'm going to skip, you know, that kind of play those kinds of games, um, to make it fun and to shake it up and 
and crosswalks are my favorite place to skip because people are there waiting for you. And so it's this great opportunity to just like break into a skip and you know, they're like, what, you know, <laughs> and they're happy because you got to cross faster. So, <laughs> um, so, you know, I want to go back cause you did talk about how, you know, you, you found skipping and it seemed like a calling. Um, and how did you find I'm just so curious. Like, did you, I was, I had recently moved to San Francisco from Indiana and I was out with a couple of friends, Todd and Rudy and Rudy is very gorgeous and flamboyant. And he was like, let's skip. And he went skipping down the street. And I looked at Todd, like, like what, what I had just, I mean, I was like, so Midwestern. I was yeah. just like, what? And then I just, I thought started following him. So I did too. And then that was, you know, like I, something woke up inside me. Huh. Yeah. Well, so what do you think it was that uh, you said that, you know, it took a few years for you to kind of realize the vision that you had or take action on the vision that you mm-hmm. had to do a group skip or things like that. What do you think? What do you think was the delay? I, think I wasn't ready yet. Yeah. I was, I, I even tried to recruit my friend Megan to be the skipper and I would be her publicist because I'm a publicist for my job. Yeah. So I think I just was not ready yet to to step into it and it's funny in that um I've in the years since I've had discovered my calling I've studied like the hero's journey and that sort of thing and mm-hmm. it's actually uh common that people refuse the call on the first the first time like it's, mm-hmm. when there's a big calling like that's written and that's part of what Joseph Campbell writes about so I thought that was kind of interesting mm-hmm. I just wasn't ready <laughs> yeah that's good. But the universe came back around, like it was mine. So it, it, it definitely made itself abundantly clear to me that this is what I'm here to do. Yeah. And then you were just a changed person. Yeah. And it changed well, for over it. time. Like it's a process <laughs> constantly changing. Thank God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, oh gosh, that's so amazing. I, I love hearing I love hearing that, you know, it feels, you know, this podcast has been sort of, I'm noticing that I'm, I'm changing. I'm noticing I'm um, just benefiting from, you know, everyone's generous wisdom about their play, you know, and it's fascinating, really. I wanted to know though, are you finding, or do you ever find that there is a privilege piece to it um, where, you know, I, I think I've been speaking to some people who kind of talk about like the first things you, you kind of need to have security in your, um, of course, you know, food and shelter and that sort of thing. Right. And, um, so many of, um, our fellow, um, Americans, I guess, since we're in America, uh, don't have that or some don't, but I'm just wondering if you ever find that there's a little bit more of a, a privilege um, that's related to that? Well, I, I don't think so as far as skipping goes. I think play in general, yes, absolutely. Um, mm-hmm. In ways that I don't even fully understand, you know, like, but yeah, I feel like coming from the Midwest or my background and that sort of thing, like, and a family that supported play, like I definitely, it's easier for me to connect that with other people that don't have that. But skipping is something that inherently happens. And so, and it's free. Um, so it's something that everyone has access to and 
I don't know. I, I'm not sure if it, like maybe it'd be, that'd be an interesting study <laughs> to, yes. to study the, you know, um, different economic levels, like of, of how, how much kids skip or don't skip. Maybe they skip more because they need it more mm. like naturally without, right. you know, because they need to lift their spirits more. I don't know. Yeah. 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 That's an interesting idea. Or maybe that's, that's the book we need to do. Yeah. <laughs> feeling poor, go out and skip. <laughs> it's free. <laughs> no, I, I, I say that as a middle-class person who's in the yeah. middle Midwest, but I also say that having ne- come from a family of um, rural farm, um, poor and working class people. So I know that um, play and being a, you know, light and airy with your body and, and movement was not something that we, I had much of a model for, or we yeah. did, or we, you know. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. and it makes sense. Like it's Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you're just, yeah. ba- if you're in a family that's barely surviving, then, then you don't, you're going to have less access to the, the lighter area, mm. generally speaking, but you know, like that's, it's also can be a way, a, a way that, that I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I, it's like I something I haven't thought about a lot. Yeah. Thanks for your wisdom. I've had that. I'm not sure if it makes sense to put it in this one, but <clears throat> it's just something I'm thinking. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Um, have you ever skipped in church? Yes. <laughs> Did you know uh, that I do that? Have you well, seen- <laughs> How do you know? <laughs> I attended uh, in the height of the skipping movement when it was like really like I had quit my job to do it, which didn't go that well. Talk about Maslow's hierarchy of needs um, yeah. because skipping is free. But uh, I attended Glide Memorial Church in San Francisco, which is an amazing church where it's every socioeconomic level. There's a home, could be a homeless person on one side of you and a Marin socialite on the other side of you, and everyone comes together and celebrates life. There's Baptists and atheists and everyone's welcome there. And that's the, it's, it's an amazing place. I highly recommend it if anyone's going to be in San Francisco. And so I attended there and the choir sang a song. I was regularly, because I just really needed the grounding to help me kind of deal with everything that was going on. And we sang the, the glide ensemble sang a song that said, um, going to do what the spirit say do. And so they were singing that song and I was sitting there and I, and my, you know, I was like the height of the skipping movement and my spirit said, skip around the sanctuary. And I did. And I like started skipping and I went around all around the, the sanctuary and up the aisle and did like two laps. And then I got back to my seat and there was a bouncer there, Reedy is his name. And he was up front and he turned around and looked at me. Like the look he gave me was like 20 <laughs> times the look my mom used to give me when she was looking in the rearview mirror and we were in trouble, you know? Yeah. And I was like, and I was just like, uh oh, like, oops, like he was so not happy with me. Mm-hmm. And then after the service, Cecil Williams and Douglas, who were the, the pastors, called me up and they said, hey, you should keep skipping. Don't let Reedy stop you from skipping. We know that your heart's in the right place and you're more than welcome to skip here. Mm -hmm. And so then I had the green light and it became a thing for, and and I I don't go that I've moved up to Marin and stuff. So I don't go regularly, but when I do, 
if the spirit says skip, I, I still skip there. So (laughs) yes, indeed I have. (laughs) That was not the answer I expected, Kim. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Well, I did. I can send you a picture too. (laughs) Yeah. I want to see that. Well, post it. Can I, if I could post it. Yeah, sure. Uh, well, I saw a, a YouTube video, I think, of someone um, skipping down the aisle after their wedding. And I think that was outside, you know, but I... I think that was my mine. That was my husband and I. Oh, that was your wedding. Yeah, I think so. Got into that little it. bug. Uh, yes. bug. Yes, that's my husband's bug. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so funny. Because I was thinking, oh, it's so sweet that, you know, coming from the Midwest and having kind of yeah. pretty... Um, um, Mm, pretty delineated, boxed in Tinder norms. I was thinking, oh, it's so interesting. That- yeah, that's my husband. <laughs> and uh, real men skip and they make better lovers. I did some research. In time. <laughs> that's a good to know. <laughs> better sex lives from skipping. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Not just the woman. <laughs> oh, good one, Kim. I love it. Well, so, I mean, this kind of parlays into this question. Do you think play connects you to others? (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. And actually bringing together people in the spirit of play is one of my favorite things. So Mm. with the skipping movement, I really got to do that. And when you're skipping in a group of people, it's exponential fun and happiness. Like it just makes it even better. And then um, a couple of years ago, I started a group here in Petaluma called the Unicorn Blessing Brigade. Mm -hmm. And it's a group of us who just, we like dress as unicorns. And then a lot of us have riding unicorns, um, like the costumes. And we just go out on the streets of Petaluma and with a loudspeaker and we, we just dance and spread joy. Mm -hmm. And that's our only intention is to spread joy in our community. And so doing that with other people is just one of my favorite things. Hmm. That sounds beautiful. It's really fun. <laughs> I see you have a cat. I do. <laughs> he wants to come to the party. He wants to play. What's her name? His name? Bootsy. Bootsy, Bootsy. McGillikitty. McGillikitty. <laughs> um, so Kim, I'm going to say something kind of Zach Galifianakis style or something from The Shining, if that's more of your references. All work and no play. Makes a day boring and gray. (laughs) Yeah. Good one. I like the way you made it rhyme. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think it's, so you go every day playing. Well, um, I don't, I wouldn't say I intention, I don't skip every day. Mm. Um, but you know, like I have a, I have a place, I have a playful spirit most days. My husband's also very fun and childlike. And so we just laugh and, you know, like it's, a, it's definitely a big part of my life, but I wouldn't say I intentionally play every day. Yeah. My cat is a huge source of my, of my, he's a, a major playmate <laughs> for oh. sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we chase each other around the house and he's very playful. <laughs> oh. Has play ever felt hard or does it ever feel hard for you? Um, 
when when there was a time when the skipping movement when I was in the dark night of the soul of my skipping adventure Mm -hmm. I really there was I I could bear it was I was not skipping and I was like having a hard time getting out of bed and I was um just not it was hard when you're in that place it's hard to bridge and it's also why skipping annoys a lot of people because if you're just skipping joyfully and they're not Mm -hmm. in that space then um it's hard for them to be around someone that's being joyful Um, but I remember when, like during that time, there was an event here in San Francisco called the bunny, bunny jam jam. And everyone wears bunny suits and like hundreds of bunnies. And I, it was one of my favorite events. And my friend was in town and she talked me into going and I did not feel like going. It was really hard to put Mm -hmm. that bunny suit on and go. But when I, it completely changed everything. It shifted. It turned me around. It like got my, it, it reactivated my childlike spirit to do that. So I was really glad that I pushed through and did it like, and went and played with her and like, didn't let my resistance stop me. But when you're in a hard place, it's, it's hard to say that Maslow's hierarchy of needs thing again. Like it's hard to, um, have the lightness and the, and the joy when you're struggling. So there's definitely been times in my life where the struggle has been real. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. It sounds like you might be alluding to maybe some kind of chemical, um, lowness in, uh, your brain or, you know, some, some people call it depression or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Did you find that? And and thank you for sharing. Appreciate that. did you find that the 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 fire that you were able to spark when you went to the bunny bunny um, festival what was long lasting? Was it able to help you? It actually, that? things shifted shortly after that for me. Like I it, I hmm. I found my job. I, I finally found a job. I'd been unemployed, and because I had I had quit my job to skip, and that was not a good decision. And so. I was just really feeling like, why did I follow this calling? And, you know, like I was really feeling like whatever called me had abandoned me. It's typical dark night of the soul stuff when you're on this kind of journey. Now I know that, but I didn't know that at the time, of course. And so, yeah, it was, it was like that. It was just uh, part of the process, but it did in that, that particular example, I found, I, I had an interview the next week and I, and that was like the beginning of the climb out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. Um, I also, uh, uh, I love how you characterize the process of skipping as strengthening the voice of the heart. Yes. Yeah. Um, will you talk more about that? Yeah. So every time I skip and I've been skipping for 25 years now, off and on. Um, So every time I skip, there's this inner dialogue that happens. And so when I first started skipping, there was a part of myself that said, you don't do that. People are going to think you're crazy. Adults don't Mm -hmm. skip. No, don't skip. Um, it, It was very strong. But then the more I skipped, the more the voice in my heart that loves to skip got stronger. And so the voice in my heart is like, but I love skipping. I want to skip. And so there was always this tension, this dialogue back and forth. Now the voice doesn't say people think you're crazy anymore. And it says, you're going to annoy people with your joy. 
Don't make this Mm. moment about you. It's like, it's, it's this voice of caution that tries to stop me, but my skipping voice and the voice of my heart is what I call it is so is just love skipping so much that that voice doesn't, the, the resistance is there, but it doesn't, I skip past it. I skip anyway. And I've come to realize that that same internal dialogue happens when I'm working on my writing, you know, it's like, oh yeah, you're going to write this book. You've been working on for 25 years. You're not going to ever be able to do that. And then it's like, I can choose, I can notice it and see. And and sometimes that voice might have some wisdom. Like when it told me I probably shouldn't have quit my job, I should have listened. <laughs> it's not like it's always bad, but and I think we just have a tendency to just let that voice of caution stop us. And Hmm. instead of letting the the voice of our heart and the joy and then the, once the joy got going it was so much stronger and and, and in my body than mm-hmm. the resistance that that's how I I feel like it strengthened the voice of my heart wow that's such a great illustration I love that yeah write that book Kim <laughs> I'm working on it I've been working good. on it <laughs> good we need the world needs that book I feel <laughs> What do you think, you know, to get back to that, what do you think is the fear or what is the danger, I think, of someone kind of uh, thrusting some of the venom at us for being joyful? What, I'm sorry, will you say the question again? Yeah. What is the danger of, you know, becoming, um, the target of someone who is kind of feeling like, oh, why are you so joyful? You had kind of like, you know, what, um, what do you mean by the danger? Um, well, you know, you, you talked about how, you know, the, there was that friction and there's, you know, one part of your brain was saying, no, don't skip. Um, people will be, uh, you know, you'll make a fool of yourself kind of, you know, or something. Um, and then no, don't skip. Um, people will be kind of almost like mad at you for being joyful or. Um... Yeah. You, you'll annoy people with your joy <laughs> like that. Yeah. That's one of the chapters in my book actually. Um, and it's, yeah. And I think that it's like, especially in today's world, like when I first started skipping 25 years ago, it didn't, it wasn't as imperative that we find ways to bring our goodness and our light into this world. And so now with the way that the world is and how much just, friction and, you know, everything that's going on in this world, the world needs our positive energy and our goodness and our light and our playfulness more than ever. And Mm so for me, it's, it's just, it's skip anyway. Yeah. You'll annoy people with your joy. Skip anyway. Mm -hmm. There's a, um, there's, it's often it's the paradoxical commandments are, it's called, are, are often attributed to mother Teresa, but they were written by an author named Kent Keith. And then mother Teresa had them on her wall and then someone saw it. And so that's why they always say it's her, but his, it's like, um, people will be mean spirited, be nice anyway. Like it's a whole, Mm -hmm. he's got that all of those. And so that's the one that I came up with for skipping is like, you'll annoy people with your joy, but be joyful anyway. Hmm. Nice. Nice. Or be playful anyway. (laughs) Because maybe you could be, you could, you know, it is kind of contagious too. Do you find that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing is it's everyone has uh, that child like spirit still inside them. Mm -hmm. And then just some people's is so buried under with trauma 
from of all kinds from when we were kids that, that that they don't even know it's there but when it gets sparked or when you start you start laughing with someone or you share a smile with someone and then they they smile or you smile at someone and they smile back it's like we're connecting through that childlike spark mm-hmm. um so yeah that's that's also one of my favorite things yeah i bet you see that a lot yeah yeah with more than just children yes absolutely yeah. <laughs> I also love though, you know, speaking of kids that, um, you talk about showing kids that adult life can be fun. That's something that I am so enamored with. I love that idea. And I, you know, I have a daughter and I've often thought like, okay, I, I, I mean, I'm kind of making it a job of like <laughs> trying to make adulting a little more light and not so, tragic, you know, because, you know, the, the talk in the society, you know, is that, you know, once you become adult, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that and taxes and, you know, all the things you have to do, you know, Yeah. but how did you come to that? Was there a process of having to like unadultify your life after? Well, I think that it's, it's nature and nurture. I mean, I think that my, my family back, I was raised to play and I have a, a very active childlike spirit. That's just like a laugh. And I like, it's just part of who I am for sure. But then also uh, when I moved from Indiana to San Francisco, I went to my first burning man that burning. I've been to like 15 burning mans. And Mm so, and that is very much about play and creativity. Mm -hmm. And so that also like helped helped me just continue to, it was already there, but it just gave me more of a more freedom, more permission Mm -hmm. for it to come out even more fully. Mm -hmm. Hmm. What is it hard to play with others? Uh, When there is ego involved, Hmm. when it's competitive or people play dirty or it's all about winning. Like I'm, I'm the kind of person that like, when I play volleyball, like I cheer for the other side too. I just, you know, I like, it's back to that pure spirit of play yeah. uh, thing we were talking about earlier. Like, you know, like when, if, when people are like not, or mean spirited or in their ego or, or you're comparing yourself, oh, they're better than me or I'm better than them. Like when that stuff gets involved, then yeah, that's when mm-hmm. it's yucky. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing that's sort of becoming clear is that, you know, play uh, ceases to be fun whenever it's uh, got elements of competition with other people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Which is such an interesting thing. You know, it's, I feel like we know that I feel like there's not too many people who know, don't know that. Um, but it yet it is really, really prevalent to be competitive with each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's where you're where that's kind of getting into the the ego or the 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 it's not that pure expression of of spirit and childlike spirit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean I, I talk a little bit about mean play um lately on the podcast. Um and you know, what do you think? Is there such a thing as, as mean play or is that kind of more oxymoronic as well? <laughs> I don't know. I think that people can be very mean. Like they say, oh, I'm just playing with you. 
Right. Right. Like, I think that's mean play. That's not really play. Right. That's not play in the truest sense of the word, but yeah, like at your expense. And then that, then that just like is so triggering to your inner child. Cause they're messing with you. And like, they're like, haha, you know, like, like you've got to start, you, like they're being mean, but they are like being hurtful to your, your vulnerabilities. And that's not nice. So mm-hmm. that's how, that's how I would think of mean play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it is so many times. I always think that, that they add, they might just add play onto it just to kind of um, gaslight the individual, you know, the person. Yeah. yeah you know, I can remember whenever I was a kid and people would say that to me or my older siblings or whatever, you know, it was just like, oh, that's play, you know? And I, it really had to, I really had to sort of become an adult before I could notice, oh, wait a minute, that was never play. <laughs> right. And then be like, be strong enough to be able to protect your vulnerable child. Like that's, that's me as if it's, if it's mean to your vulnerable self, then that doesn't, that's mean play. That's not true play. <laughs> yeah. It's just mean. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you play in your line of work? Yes. Yeah. I work in publishing. Um, and I work at a really fun, uh, my, my coworker and I are the ones that started the unicorn blessing brigade. And, um, I got, I had our Christmas company Christmas party. I, one year I got everyone to do family, to do like our family skits, like everyone did skits at our Christmas party. And so I work, it's, it's a good, good environment. And then book publishing is just kind of a fun, fun industry. Yeah. It's funny. Um, you know, whenever you mentioned that, I thought of, I used to do, a when my daughter was really little, we started this, I used to do a talent show birthday party. You know, it was like, don't bring a gift, just bring a talent and show me. And I put up I a love stage, that. Yeah. rearrange the house and stuff. And then we stopped doing that around, you know, I don't know, she turned like uh, eight or nine. She's like, no, nah, I don't want that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. I'm waiting for that to come back. Like, no, at that time, nobody wanted to give talent. You know, <laughs> talent. They were getting so shy. Anyway, but I love that skits for um play in families. Oh, That's good. <laughs> yeah. And so with the skits, would would there be a theme to it? It was just anything. No, there was all kinds of yeah. Everything. So you could just yeah. <clears throat> and so, but there was costumes, right? Usually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And um, where they're like, people had lines and roles. It was like, I mean, like one time, some of them that stick out in my mind or like one time my cousin's family did the California Raisins, like, and they were all dressed like raisins and they like sang along to a song. Yeah. Um, yeah. That, and then the Sunny and Cher one stands out. My mom like dressed like a chicken like, or my dad was the chicken and my mom was the farmer and it was some song. It was usually like music involved. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to have to adopt that. That's great. <laughs> well, kind of along those same lines, what do you like to play that you can play without a device? Um, I like to play with my cat. <laughs> this is definitely one. Um, what about like, like at the DMV or... When I'm in line, I like to connect with people. And so mm-hmm. I like to like, of all, whoever I'm in line with, I like to try and connect with them somehow. And I like to connect with the person, like make a heart connection, say something nice. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of a game, I guess. 
Um, nice. And then when I learned loving kindness meditation, where you send love to people, like I'll do that sometimes. Um, if I'm standing in a line, just experiment with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but mostly connecting, like, like, you know, yeah. figuring out how I can trying to have a, a sincere connection or smiling at people and see if they smile back and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So rather than sitting isolated while you're all kind of doing the same thing, trying to connect and trying to. Yeah. See what kind of new fun friends I can make. Yeah. <laughs> it's my favorite game. Have you made any? Wherever long-term? I am. <laughs> well, have you made any long-term? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I've, I meet, I meet friends everywhere. <laughs> and then what's yeah. so great with social media. I mean, there's people I've met on planes like years yeah. ago that were still connected because of social media. So. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Oh, well, one last question and then I'll let you go. I know you have to go. Is there anyone you have known to be really good at playing that I should bring on the pod? Hmm. Um, I don't know what he's doing these days, but Patch Adams is uh, like, would be amazing. He, hmm. do you know, are you familiar with him? Uh, there was a movie. There was about- a movie, a movie. Oh. Robin Williams played him in the movie. Yeah. Um, he's, he, he's a, a medical doctor who's physician, like kind yeah. of breaking. Yeah. But the real patch Adams is I, I haven't been in touch with him for many years, but when I first started the skipping movement, I reached out to him and I put together this whole like colorful letter with pictures. And I sent it to him and told him about my dream. And then he became my kind of like pen pal mentor. And he, <laughs> He, and he told me at the time, so this was in 1999, he told me the one piece of advice I'll give you is that your realization of your dream is going to take much longer than you think it will. And he was like, I'm 30 years in and I still don't have my Gesundheit Institute, which was the Institute. I don't, I, and I don't know if he ever, if it ever actually manifested or not. Hmm. Um, but he said that to me and I, at the time thought, whatever, like I'm in people magazine. I am, you know, like, I just thought that it was going to just be this easy thing. And now here I am 25 years later. Uh, but he is like a master of play and, you know, like a leader, I would say in the, yeah. in the play industry. Well, gosh, I'm gonna have to look him up, figure out how yeah, to do that. I don't, I have not been in touch with him for a long time, so I don't know what's, what uh-huh. he's doing, but I'm sure he's still, still out there at some level. Okay. Well, Kim, thank you so much. You're I love I feel like I had a, a little moment of touching spirits a little bit. So good. <laughs> That's so fun. Much. I love this. I Are love I love doing talking with people and doing interviews. It's like my favorite thing. So that's why I want my book to be done so I can have something to actually sell and and get people to talk to you about it. Yes. And be able, be able to, to talk really about talk about it. So what's your book gonna be? Well, I can't wait. I'm going to read it. What is it going to be called? Skipping the Life Fantastic. And then the subtitle is 10 Things I Learned About Joy, Fear, and Making a Difference by Inviting the World to Skip. I'm working with a developmental editor, so it's coming. Like, I finally got help because I realized that I, so I'm writing, I'm writing a book about joy and because of the struggles that I've had for the last 20 years of trying to talk about a beat up inner child, <laughs> like, like I'm over it. I have no joy in the craft of writing. It's like way too precise for me. I love writing to get ideas out, but not the precision that's required for a book. 
And so finally I realized I have to outsource it. I got to bring someone who loves that into the project to help me. And so I'm working with someone and it's just a matter of time now. It's going to come out. Ah, wow. Good job. Way to go. Congratulations. I mean, just that step of knowing, knowing when you need help and knowing who, and then going to ask for help. And then, and then the process of doing that. Yeah. But, but that first process is really huge and is a big win. I mean, it's a triumph. Yeah. Yeah. It feels good. It feels finally to have forward movement after I've, I mean, like I've, this has not been easy (laughs) say the least. Right. Yeah. It'll be worth it. Yeah. Well, Now, I want you to get out there and play, everybody. Let's build a world that's a little lighter, a little less harsh, and a little more connected. Let's build the world that we want to have. And don't forget to follow Playfully on Spotify or Apple or wherever you're listening right now. Our episodes come out on Wednesdays every week so you can get inspired to play right over that hump through the rest of the week. I'd love to know what you think. So would you please leave me a comment? And if you liked the episode, Share it with one or two others and take care, everybody.